How you doing? How you doing? Welcome to the episode 9, episode 9 of Digressions. This is your boy, Ja, Ja boy. Your boy, Jonasy. What's up? How you doing? How have you been? How's your weekend? Hope everything went well. Hope, uh, you know, you got some sun. You had a pretty uh, good weekend all up, all up until uh, a Sunday. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, hope uh, hope y'all are doing good, mentally speaking. Uh, hope y'all are getting some fresh air. And uh, just hang in there. Hang in there. All right? So I'm going to say I'm going to keep uh, bringing this up. I, you know, in this time of isolation, this is, I think, um, definitely a test, man. And I think... You know, I, I've been really forcing myself to really try to spin this into something a bit more positive and a bit more, how do I say, um, a bit enriching in a sense where I think this is going to be one of those tests where after when, once we're done, you know, we're going to, we're going to love so much more than before, you know, like we're going to appreciate a lot of things a lot more. And I think it, it's, it's, it's a good reality check, um, but yeah, again, super happy to be here. Uh, thank you again for being here. Thank you for for uh, lending me your ears for a couple minutes. Um, good episode today. I've been uh, there's a few topics I'm going to touch on today, but um, you know, one of the one of the most important ones right now uh, is uh, is definitely the 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 situation that's happening in the states right now. Now, I don't know for for my Canadian friends, my Canadian uh, Canadian Montreal or Quebecers. All uh, all my boys and girls up of, up of the border, north of the border, um, y'all got to understand that in the States right now, they're not going to have a good time with this coronavirus. Like, not. Not going to have a good time. But, but, um, no, I wish there was a positive note. But, you know what? <clears throat> we just got to keep doing our thing, man. Just, you know, stay in the pocket. You know, fucking bob and weave all the, all the shit happening to us. And uh, we'll all get through it. Uh, but... All that being said, one of the things that, uh, one of the topics I've been kind of holding back on, and uh, I'm definitely sure I'm going to start, uh, I'm going to mention it in uh, in my next season of, of Digressions, um, is uh, part of, a big part of my last, I'd say, uh, I don't want to be exact, let's say in the last five years, uh, one of the, one of the, one of the biggest things that happened to me uh, while I was at uh, the University of Ottawa is uh, that I I joined a group of fuckheads, all right. So for those of you who don't know what I'm referring to, I am straight up talking about joining a fraternity. So one of the main things today is going to be talking about the frat life. Uh, also touch on what was it being in the Greek life. So for those of you who don't know, the Greek life is essentially yeah everything that's fraternity sorority, and uh, how the vibe was while I was in Ottawa. Now, I'm well aware that this is a kind of episode that, you know, I could definitely, I could go on, I could talk about this for an entire day, 24 hours at least, so uh, I'm going to try to keep some some good stories for uh, future reference, but um, definitely wanted to share this with you today, I just really wanted to to dive a bit into one of these experiences, because for me, I think it was very, uh, it was very unique. Um one of the one of the first reasons why is that really when I when I joined when I when I got accepted at the University of Ottawa I was at a time in my life where I was 22 years old uh, and at this point you know when you when you're 21 usually 22 that's when you start graduating you know you start looking for your career first jobs and 
and all that. But I was just beginning my journey in into into university. So, uh, you know, I really part of my decision to move to Ottawa was really the the challenge of it. Uh, I knew well. I was well aware of the fact that you know I was starting off as as a bit of an older guy, but also being in a new city with uh, a completely different, completely different beat, um, especially Ottawa. I mean, Ottawa doesn't have a pulse, so it's not a beat, but like a whatever. And um, I had I had I didn't even remember when was the last time I went to Ottawa. I didn't even visit the campus. I just got my my acceptance letter. I was accepted at the second best school in the country for that for the program I was studying, which was international, which was international. Wait, hang on. International Development and Globalization, yeah, DVM, um, which ended up being really different of what I was expecting. But you know, we'll get into that. Um, but yeah, so so you know, I came into Ottawa first year. Um, I first, you know, I had my party time when I was younger. Um, with all my boys from back home, you know, toga parties, um, benders where we end up at the other side of the city, no, like have no clue how to get back all kinds of, all kinds of fucked up shit. Like we've, I've been through it until that time. When I hit 21, I, I was working at the time I was working at the ACQ. I was getting a bunch of knowledge about wines, but I was just putting fucking bottles on a shelf. And at the end it was, there's a huge part of me that was like, you know what? If I'm gonna, if I'm ever gonna change, if I'm ever gonna grow as a human being, like I gotta do something. So one of the first things I did is that uh, in that year, I think it was 2013, I believe. Uh, one of the first things I did is that I, I traveled to South Africa. I was there for a month. Um, that it, what the fuck is happening outside? Okay, sorry. Hang on, I gotta go check up on this. <laughs> Whoa, what the. F- yeah okay yeah that was weird sorry about that uh so yeah so one of the one of the first things i did was uh traveling south africa huge trip i was there for a month and a half with uh with uh, one of my best friends and um after that i did a solo trip to indonesia for another month and a half all in the same year and that was right before i started university so at the time i was kind of uh you know it was like fresh start after fresh start you know and there's the, the the first I think the first step was really traveling on my own, and I know that a lot of times and in retrospect now I wouldn't do it anymore. But at the time, especially Indonesia and and Bali, I was in Bali for a month and a half. Okay, like jelly. But the truth is, it was quite the adventure because, you know, <laughs> in terms of culture, uh, Indonesia. I mean, I'm saying Indonesia, but Bali is really different from from the rest of like you know like Jakarta and other areas, uh, other islands around. So, um, that itself, uh, I did a nice trip of volunteerism, which complete waste of time and money, but, uh, country was beautiful. Anyway, I'll, I'll get into it again in, in the future, in a future episode. But leading up to that, I, uh, at the time I knew I was going to the university of Ottawa. I knew that this was going to be the next step. So it was kind of like a good way to, you know, recharge the batteries and just get ready for it. Now, first year in university, man, I think it was Ottawa, man, I wasn't used to it anymore, you know, I, part of me left Montreal because I wanted to, you know, it was about self-growth, and it was about developing how to survive on my own, and another part was really kind of trying to escape certain things, 
trying to get away from certain people in certain situations and and try to focus more on on myself and an odd thing happened was when I actually joined a fraternity and there's a side of me that came out that I was really happy it came out and I'll, I'll get into that but first things first you know uh, once I got into the university I really didn't have any friends uh, I was the older guy so you know hang out with younger people it, between the ages of like 18 and like 24 everyone's dumb in my opinion like you are on the spectrum at that age okay it doesn't matter you'll grow out of it i can promise you that when 25 hits that's when you start getting a brain and you can have like adult conversations but beforehand forget it you're you're as useful as a 13 year old on twitch that's it and (laughs) so uh as i was starting uh university i reached out to one of my buddies that i knew from high school and um he tried to get me into the fraternity like immediately he was like oh you know you're gonna love it you know the boys you know the you know we're hang out or at the bar and um he was actually a bartender at one of our uh one of our local local bu- <laughs> local pubs it's not a pub it's a fucking shithole um so one of our like our number one drinking hole at the time uh when we had actually guys from the fraternity working there uh, was la maison which was really on uh, king edward and not osgood fuck's the name of that templeton not templeton it's the one in between i don't know i forgot the name doesn't matter um so so we were hanging out there that was like our our, our drinking spot you know like like 12 or 13 dollar pitchers couldn't go anywhere else and uh, the guys from the fraternity were hanging out there so i got to you know obviously started me i started you know getting to know a few of them um played intramural hockey with uh with my buddy at the time uh and um you know, I was still really adamant to join a fraternity. I really thought it was the dumbest thing of all time. Just, just a concept of you know, paying for your friends really didn't really resonate with me. But, um, you know, I, I, I never fully dismissed it, but, you know, didn't want to do it. So first year rolls around, get a shitty relationship in the meantime, and summer rolls around, and I'm rethinking my whole thing. I didn't have a good year academically. I didn't like my program. And here we go again, you know, it's like this roller coaster, like, fuck, like, you're self-doubting, you're, like, wondering, like, what am I doing, like, why am I, why why the fuck am I in Ottawa, you know, why am I greyhounding to my fucking school, this is horseshit. So, you know, came back, second year university, um, you know, I reach out to my buddy, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it, the guys seem pretty chill, I knew most of them at that time, and, uh, gave it a go, nailed it, um, and it's funny because in Ottawa, man, this is one of the one of the funny things is that there's there's three fraternities at the at the U- University of Ottawa campus, and at Carleton there's like a million. So when I when I first started looking into frats, I was looking at all of them. I went out to all of their events. I went out to all of their you know pre it's called a rush period, but none of you normies know what the hell I'm talking about. Fucking jeans. So it's this period where you know people get to get a feel of you you know they get to understand you and get to know like if they like you or not and uh you basically have to flex for a whole month um there was one fraternity i went to that just sounded like the fucking church of scientology uh did not associate with them one bit all they did is flex cash in front of me half the guys i talked to were actually dumb like straight up like we're talking like hedge fund babies kids that were loaded but you know i 
I come from the hood, dog, you know. So I was, I, I didn't relate with him one bit. Um, second fraternity I go to, there was a, a mixer, like a party with another sorority from Carlton that was hot. Uh, apps, shout out. But we were having that party and like midway through the party, there's just like, I was actually bonding with these guys a lot. Like some of these guys were actually good boys, you know, the, 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 I seem to mesh well with them. But at one point, midway through the party, there's like four of them that just huddled up in the corner and started taking off their clothes. And, you know, dumb me, like, <laughs> clueless me goes up and is like, uh, yo, like, what are you guys doing? And and they're like, yo, like, yo, we're going to start flexing, dog. We're going to start flexing. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, yo, we're doing this for the bitches, bro. So yeah, that's how I joined Omega Theta Alpha. <laughs> I'm kidding, but no, nah, that was that was a big, big, big turnoff, a uh, huge turnoff. Then, I mean, listen, I'm I'm okay with my dad bod. Not the proudest thing about me, but look, I, I've I've been getting bullied about my weight since I'm like since like fourth grade. So at this point, I don't really give a shit anymore. Um, why why am I talking about that? Point being, wasn't a good fit. So then. Uh, yeah, once I, I started hanging out with the Omegas, that was like one of the, one of the things I realized is like, yeah, most of them are knuckleheads, you know, um, most are in the fraternity for all the wrong reasons, which is basically drinking, hanging out with the boys, but it's a good thing that these guys were actually the only guys I met that, well, the only frat guys I met that were really down to earth and, uh, didn't get ahead of themselves. They were just genuine guys. In general, in general, they're genuine guys. Got along with most of them. But, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta weed out the betas, you know what I mean? Um, and that's what I mean by there's a, there's a funny thing that happened uh, in terms of, like, my attitude towards things. Because the, the fraternity, the, the, the thing it made me, or, like, the, the one thing that came out of me was really my, my enthusiasm and my will to, to perform, you know, and to do shit. Which, beforehand, you know, I was just... I mean, dude, I'll be honest, between the ages of, like, even 17, I'd say, but, like, yeah, like, 17 until, like, let's say 18, 17, 18 until, like, 21, dude, it's a blur, man, like, man, it is such a blur, all we did at one point, once we graduated CJEP, or even, I mean, even during CJEP, fuck, parties in CJEP, that was something else, but every time, every weekend, every occasion we had, dude, I was making stupid money at the time, you know, I didn't make, I didn't pay rent, I uh, was working at like 25 bucks an hour, which is fucking almost as much as I'm doing now, and I had nothing to pay, I had to pay my car, and I had to pay, that's it, so, dude, like, going out on weekends and dropping like 200 bucks was like almost normal at one point, it was stupid, like, in retrospect, I'm like, I'm, it's, it's insanity, that doesn't make any sense, but, um, lessons learned, man, no, no, like, no regrets, and, um, it was, it was funny, because when I started, when I went to university, I was like, you know what, I'm in Ottawa, there's fucking nothing to do, and there's, like, the Sens, but, like, no one gives a shit, so I'll study, you know, I'll be studious, I'll love it, but again, I never really found what I liked in university, so that was what made it, I guess, the hardest, is if I really don't like something, and I feel I'm wasting my time, I'm just not gonna do it. I do things I do things I don't like to do if they're necessary. But in this case I thought I was just wasting my time. So it was a weird um 
it's a weird space. I was in a really, really weird headspace at that time. But um, so yeah, first year of, uh, of, of being in the frat, you know, the first semester you're pledging. So you're basically showing your worth. Second semester rolls around, you're what's called like a neophyte. So you're just basically like the, you're just above a pledge and the pledge is not a human being. So you're like, just kind of like a notch above. And, <laughs> and, um, the semester after I was elected as the as the recruitment chair for uh, for the chapter so my entire job for two semesters was to recruit 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 and um, you know I'm, I'm 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 really happy I did this because oddly enough the best thing and you know a lot of times people join those kinds of organizations because you know they get the connections they get some kind of long-term benefit out of it but the biggest benefit I got from being, you know, being the rush chair is that I really got to learn how to properly organize things and communicate things. Cause that was like the, the one big thing uh, that is needed because if no one listens to you, everyone does their own thing. You got to be a bit more assertive. I was super soft on certain things that I admit hundred percent, but in the general scheme of things, keeping everyone shit together and leading the way, um, you know, uh, it was a lot of fun and it was, it was a lot of learning, uh, a lot of reaching out to sororities, which fucking Christ, oh, PTSD, bro. On and on, uh, organizing stuff, calling restaurants, calling clubs, bars, uh, hooking up the fraternity and, um, trying to, trying to organize things. You know, I was, I was on a hustle, dude, straight up. I was just on a hustle and, um, yeah, why don't you become an entrepreneur, bro? I'm working on it. And uh, that was awesome. Uh, a lot of memes that came out of that year. That was the year, I think, where um, I had a lot of fun. And that was the year that really kind of set me up for the third year. And the third year was usually like, I mean, usually your frat life, depending on how intense you are. And depending on how intense you are, your frat life is really going to be um, is really going to come down to certain things. Uh, and, and the main thing is really your input in the fraternity. One of the things we kept repeating over and over again is that everything you put in the fraternity is going to come back to you somehow. Or is going to come back to you tenfold, whatever. Some random number. Obviously, none of us math majors. There were some nerds in my fraternity, dude. Like, fucking nerds, dude. Smart guys. Really smart guys. Uh, and there was complete degenerates. The funny thing is, is that they're all engineers, man. I feel like being an engineer, you gotta, you gotta, your prereq to be an engineer is gonna be able to chug, which I fuck with. Uh, I don't know if it's all the numbers or whatever, just engineers, man. And being in a frat, sure as fuck doesn't help. So, so yeah, third year rolls around, I get elected, fucking el presidente of the frat. So I'm just, I'm the king of the castle, man. Fucking moving into the frat house, all motivated at twenty fucking 24 years of age nothing better to do in your fucking lifetime and um yeah it was great man i being president was something else um it was it was an experience that uh was had really had highs and had lows um like very deep lows <laughs> some uh some people are, are meanies man but you know my favorite thing was always the uh hey mr president uh, hey, Mr. President, uh, can you stop talking to me, please? And uh, I, I used to be, I was a social butterfly, you know, like my job was, and, and this is like, 
I mean, I was straight out of Eastern Europe on this one. Uh, every time a girl would come in uh, or, or a sorority would come in, you know, I'd go there, introduce myself and be like, hey, hey, I'm Jonathan. I'm the president. Nice to meet you. Uh, welcome to welcome to my castle. And um, and yeah, try to be as, as gentleman like as possible. So besides that, you know, being president of a frat really is, I wouldn't say it's glamorous. It's kind of fun because you are the authority figure of the, of the whole bunch. Uh, you lead the way. People lead by example. I, I did some, and this is where I want to get at when I say that I was, I was, there's some shit that I did that I kind of, that I, that I kind of surprised I did because it's something I never had the chance to do in the past. So one of the main things was, and I don't know if I feel bad about this or not, which might, might meet Mike, might make me sound like a psychopath, but I did ostracize certain people. And I ostracized certain people that were part of the fraternity that, in my view, hurt the fraternity more than anything. And in a weird way, I always thought that having that mindset of being like, all right, listen, you know, first and foremost, my job here is to make sure I do what's best for the fraternity, no matter what. So there are kids that got de-lettered from the fraternity. There are kids that got ostracized so badly, they just never showed their face again. And... Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's something I'm proud of, but it's something that I realized like now, especially in the professional world, it's something that's very valuable. And it's something that being able to put your foot down and tell someone to fuck off and in a certain way, you know, burst their bubble to a point where they're just like, you know what, I'm giving up. It, it, it kind of feels great. It feels really good. So I apologize. Maybe I'm a fucking psycho, but like straight up, like what the fuck? Like I, 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 you know, there's some people that, you know, for, for some of you that actually know me and, and, and know what I'm ref like referring to or like the people I'm referring to, like, this is really, um, um, like I'm, I don't mean to, to dox anyone. I don't want to point, point fingers or anything. It, it's just really, it surprised me because I'm usually the guy that's super nice. That's usually... What the fuck am I doing? I'm just touting my own horn here like a fucking idiot. I'm usually the guy that's polite, let's just say. You know, like, if ever I walk into a room of strangers, I'll be the first one to introduce myself. Because it's always a bit awkward, right? You come in, you're like, oh, what the fuck, who is this guy? So, so I guess I'm, I guess I'm more, a bit more of an extrovert, a bit more open, I guess, in a certain sense. And the downside of that is that I always kind of prioritize other people's happiness above mine. And that meant that most of the time that would get me hurt or I would get the short end of the, of the deal on whatever the hell was going on. So, um, I kind of grew a spine. That's what I'm trying to say, you know, a, a bit of a spine, um, school wise, things were going okay. Not that great. Um, but still that was before I even had my, was it before my internship? I don't know. Wait. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I had an internship with Revenue Canada, which I will get into depth again in a future episode. Yo, this is still the warm-up, boys. This is the warm-up. Yo, we're in preseason right now. Yo, we're sharpening our skates here. Okay? This is episode... This is season zero, baby. Episode nine. We're going places, boys. We're going places. I got stories for y'all. It's kind of weird, man, because in this entire process, one of the, one of the, one of the challenges is um, trying to go back in time. 
and really pinpoint things that people would care about. Because I've, we've all done shit. We've all have our stories. We all have our struggles. We all have our wins, and it's it's sometimes difficult to just, you know, do a triage like a proper, you know, a proper setting of things. Um, so yeah, one thing, uh, one other thing I really wanted to touch on while I was talking about being a presidente of the fraternity, um, is uh, one thing I want to talk about is also the boys I met uh, during this entire process and. It's it's one thing looking back now that's actually that's it's really weird because like I said at the beginning of this episode one of the first things one of the first like stereotypes about joining a fraternity or sorority is that you're 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 straight up paying for your friends like you're buying them <laughs> you, you you're going to buy in you got your dues and that's it <clears throat> Sorry I got my Guinness on the side here Ooh. And uh, to this day man to this day, I have never seen anything as dysfunctional as a fucking sorority. Nothing. And sororities, by the way, for those of you who haven't picked up on, are just girls. It's just clubs of girls. But this is the thing, is that people... <laughs> you know what I... Okay, so I mentioned earlier that the University of Ottawa, there was like three fraternities. Okay? At the university, there's been three fraternities for as long as I remember. Three established fraternities might be a fourth one now i don't care i don't know but the funniest things is the absolutely fluctuating amount of sororities on campus because this is what girls do man and and this is one of the funniest things because i strongly believe that women are more competitive than men a hundred percent in general girls are savages dude they will they will kill they were literally killed just to win now picture this there are sororities out there that have like a hundred plus active members all at once. How much gossip and drama do you think is going to fucking happen in that room? Let's be real. Let's be real. And the funny thing is, is that there was this trend, man. And we always joked about this. Is like, is that all the sororities always came from another sorority. So everything that always happened was always the fucking same. You just have in the same group, in the same organization, you would just have like, a bunch of girls that would get mad. Just be like, oh, we, we want to be uh, internationally recognized. We want to have uh, chapters and connections. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the other half that are like, shut the fuck up. So usually what would happen, and this happened time and time again. I mean, the names of stories, I've lost count completely. I don't even know what the hell's going on anymore. But these sororities would just start from nothing. And again, I mean, at the University of Ottawa, there's like at least like 3,000 sororities. I might be exaggerating, but there's like at least like 3,000. And so it's like every, every single one of them at one point gets mad and like splits. So then there's like another two. It's like, it's legit COVID-19 and just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading. And all of these, all of, all of these organizations are all different, which is really incredible to this day. I mean, all the boys can attest to this is that every single sorority on campus has a different kind of attitude or a different vibe to them. And there was one sorority when I was, uh, when I was still active in the chapter, um, there was a sorority that I saw that was at its peak and then just completely crumbled, which I mean, dude, we had sideline tickets for that shit show. It was awesome. But sadly, 
or not sadly, one of these, one of the, one of that's like one of the halves of that one sorority that just split in two was, was completely dysfunctional. And the other half actually had their shit together and, you know, started striving and did way better than whatever was left of the initial sorority. And, uh, you know, us boys, you know, uh, obviously we get to pick of the bunch. We got the whole buffet. So, I mean, my job at this point, I was just talking to the hottest ones. That's it. My job was just like, yo, we don't talk to these girls. We don't talk to these girls. Let's make it fucking happen. Fresh blood, fresh meat. Let's do it. <laughs> and um, with time, one of the, one of the, I don't know if it's a sad thing, but one of the realities of this whole thing is that really that one sorority um, to this day, man, just turned into like a, a complete, a complete joke. And it, and it sucks to say because I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm saying, I'm saying this, dude. I'm seeing this. You know, glimpsing pieces of of on Facebook and Instagram and and girls like being happy together. Hey, I don't see some of these girls happy anymore. Sucks to say, but I mean, good riddance. Uh, they sucked. So um, happy about that. But you know, all in all, in retrospect, um, if I were to do the Greek life again, I definitely would. Uh, it's uh it's a skill man it's a skill to master being able to to be a degenerate and still do somehow somewhat well academically the all the guys in my fraternity that were killing it like a pluses fucking dean's list honor roll all that all of these guys we never saw them and when we saw them they were just sad depressed complaining they were all like engineers and shit and um it was, um, it, you need to find your balance. And, and that's, I think, one of the bad stereotypes. And this is like the whole, like, you know, American uh, American Pie thing, American Pie scenario, or like, I mean, Blue Mountain State is the greatest series of all time, but that's kind of like the expectations of like what front life should be. And, um, and no, man, yeah, it, it, it wasn't as crazy as in Hollywood movies, you know, make it sound. We didn't butt chug that much. There are some incredibly great drunk stories that 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 we have. Great pictures, great videos, um, a lot of uh, a lot of incriminating stuff. A lot of incriminating stuff. But um, you know, looking back, one of my one of the best things you know that came out of this is that I, till this day, there's some some guys that I that I met there that I'm still very close with. I talk to almost daily. Um, Guys that I consider consider my really close friends, like obviously sometimes for some of them, distance is a is is a bit of a of an issue. But uh, luckily enough, there's some of the some of my boys from Montreal that uh, you know still I uh, still tolerate from uh, from time to time. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a it's been I think the only good thing that came out of Ottawa. No joke, no joke, yo, straight up. Just again, just to reiterate, if ever you drive and you're in the Utahwe region and you need to stop somewhere for gas, just don't even stop in Ottawa. Just keep driving. Just go to Brockville. You know, go far. Go far. Canada, maybe. Oh, man. Yeah, man. So, um, this is it, man. Just a little um, little episode on retrospect of uh, of my time as uh, as a frat boy. Now... I still got my letters, man. I still got my original letters. I still got my El Presidente. 
Uh, got my, still got my swag. Uh, probably the only big L I took is that I never ever got a paddle done when I was uh, president and I was in my frat life. Um, it was one thing I really wanted to do. I actually bought one, but man, I just completely forgot. It was one of those things that just hung on my doorknob and I just forgot. You know, it just starts blending into the decor and you're just like, yeah. So, um, Never got it done, but again, I mean, listen, the whole Greek life thing, the whole, uh, that entire set of my life, I mean, there are stories on top of stories, uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm really anxious to, to get going. Now, like I said, there's only one episode left in this season zero that I've been planning. Um, next step is going to be the full launch of, of digressions. So if you've been here for the beginning, um, just start thanking you. Thank you. Je t'aime. Merci. Uh, I'm gonna try to uh, try to I'm gonna try to fill in some of the blanks before the release date. I've decided that the release date of the full season uh, you're gonna find out next episode. I'm not gonna say right now. Cause I am teasing you. But on uh, on some real shit though. Uh, uh, yeah, thank you for thank you for listening to me today. Uh, this is your podcast episode nine of Jonesy. Episode, episode nueve, uh, and like always, man, uh, yo, fuck, roses to sunshine to flowers to trees to shit coming back to life, and man, thorns to the price of food start slowly starting to raise. Um, again, yo, I'm gonna say this again: stop spending money on dumb shit. This is time to save money and it's time to invest in the, in the near future. Okay, love you all. Have a great week. I'll see you Friday.